0: Before I begin my message this morning, I need to share one thing with you because I value my life, okay? There was an announcement I was supposed to make, in fact, it was first on my list and I forgot to do it, and so um, if you are a, or have been a children's nursery worker, or if you've worked in children's church, you know, we have had a change of, of, uh, of leadership in that area and uh, and so we need to have once again a list of people who are willing to be a part of, of children's ministry so we want to start with those who uh, who have served before so we can as we have adult uh, as we have adult Sunday school classes we need to have more and more child care available so if you're a nursery worker if, if you've worked before or you've worked in the children's uh, church area Please see Renee. Now, Renee right now is in the nursery area uh, working this morning. But if you will uh, see her today and let her know you're willing, uh, if you're willing to work again. If you're somebody who has not uh, worked before, but you would be willing, you'd be open to come and, and uh, help take care of our children that way. Also come and see Renee. There are some, if you you would, it requ- is required that you have a background check Completed on you so we need to get that Going right away so we have it Ready for us by the first of april But we need workers Uh, It's one thing to start up classes But if you don't have workers It's hard for us to do that all right So you see renee if you're able to work Now with that being Said i want you to open your bible Today and keep it Open because we're going to go Around uh, Through the pages of scripture this morning I want you to open to philippians chapter 3 is somebody saying is that a phone? or is that Bill did you open your Bible again <laughs> as I mentioned earlier uh, five weeks from today will be Easter Sunday uh for me, that I've done more Easter Sundays than I can remember. I mean, by done, I've gone through Easter Sunday. I, I, I have. I think I'm starting to get the uh, get it down now. What it's about, you know. Early on, it was about the about the Easter Bunny and the Easter egg hunts and all of those things and family gatherings and Easter ham and all those all those kind of things. Then, it, as I um, Older, I started to say grew up and haven't done that yet. But as I grew older, it began to change to be about about Jesus and the cross and the uh, and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, if you are somebody who this is your first time to ever be in church, you are aware probably of what Easter is about at least at least in theory. Uh, And sometimes we Christians who have been around this, as I have all of our lives, have become so familiar with Easter and all the things that are a part of Easter that oftentimes they can just kind of go right on over our heads. We can talk about the resurrection of Jesus from the grave and not really fully appreciate and comprehend what that means. Jesus was dead and was brought back to life. Now that for us is a a sci-fi movie plot. But for the early church, that was the whole reason they existed was because Jesus was raised from the dead. As you read through... The complicated pages in the Bible that the Apostle Paul wrote for us, and we, uh, it, it, because he, his mind and his spirit were so, so vast and so impressive, it created uh, it created a whole career for people like me to explain some of the things that the Apostle Paul had written about. But when you really study through the apostle paul you know what you will find as he explains the gospel he dumbs it down for people like me and he says here's what the gospel is jesus was crucified he was buried and on the third day he rose again that's it that's what it was all about we've added so much stuff to We've added discussions over Easter as to whether Jesus was crucified on Friday, or on Thursday, or on Wednesday. Was he in the grave three full days, three 24-hour days, or parts of three different days? And we start splitting hairs on the most important event in world history. And that's what our focus becomes. Now this is, when I say we, I'm telling you that, that over the past few weeks as I've been looking at where we need to go in our, in our study time. In preparation for Easter, I knew I wanted to do something. And usually when God lays something on my heart about my life, it's also a need in your life. And so God says we need to go back to the basics or the, just the important informations when we look at Easter and all the events that surrounded it. So for that reason, you see on the screen that I have a, uh, a series of messages that I want to give to you. And that screen says that these are questions about the cross. There are some things that we, that we assume we know. That we take for granted or that becomes so familiar to us with regards to the cross that we need to take another look at the cross and and answer some very basic, simple questions. Now, I got you there in Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, the apostle Paul gives a litany of accomplishments that he has in his life. You know, he was a Jew, a Jew's Jew. He spoke Jew, He spoke Hebrew in the home. He was a Pharisee. Uh, he, he kept all the law. He was zealous uh, for God's kingdom by being a persecutor of the church. All these things, he goes through this list, and he says, And I have, I have even been willing to sacrifice my life and my comfort to share with others. Who Jesus Christ is but I want you to notice what he says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 this is an important uh, this is where God took me um, in my prayerful uh, de- uh, my prayerful desire to find out what he wanted me to preach on and here's what it says that I may know him he says I counted everything else but loss all these accomplishments Are nothing. But here's what I live for that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That I may know him. I don't just want to know the events of Easter, I don't just want to know what happened when Jesus was put on trial. Or was scourged or was nailed to the cross I don't just want to know whether it was on Good Friday or Good Thursday I want to know him and the power of his resurrection what it is that can raise somebody from the literal dead I have in the course of my life as a pastor preached a number of funeral services even many of them here in this very room and I have uh, I have seen people that uh, who have laid in a casket before me that if I had the power I would raise that person up because this church could use them you know what I'm getting at but I don't have that power I can't I can explain to you sort of how Jesus was raised from the dead but I, I can't put my own mind around it there is a power there that I have never seen anywhere else because I've never known anybody who could raise somebody at a funeral service out from the dead I understand the Bible talks about those who have done it uh, there are there a few in the scripture that did. I, I, don't, I don't get that power I don't understand it I want to know it And that's what Paul says. I want to know Jesus. And I want to know the power that raised him from the dead. And I want to share. I want to know what he went through when he suffered. And I want to know this so that I can become like him. So that I too can be brought back to life uh, from the dead. So that's going to kind of be the outline that we're going to go through over these uh, these next two periods of or these next few Sundays as we study on this theme, the questions of the cross. And today we're gonna to answer the first question, or we're gonna to seek to answer the first question. As we look at that cross, as we think about the cross of Jesus. Who is he? Who's hanging on the cross? That's the first question. The first simple question of Who? Now, this may seem like this is going. He's going to have a hard time stretching this out. I, as I started developing this message to share with you today, I found out that this is a whole four-week study itself. Who is on the cross is a different answer than just Jesus, or Jesus the Son of God, or Jesus the Messiah. You see, because I'm not sure that we really grasp the fact that God was hanging on a cross for me. It becomes personal when I realize who he is that's hanging on that cross. And so that's what we're going to look at today is is kind of uh, uh, who. And that's where Paul started. That's where he started in Philippians chapter 3. Again, I put up that phrase, that I might know him. So today we're going to try to understand a little bit about what it means for Jesus to be on the cross. For Jesus, the Son of God, to be on the cross. I've entitled this message, uh, Getting to Know You getting to know all about you. But after I had typed that in for this for the screen, uh, I realized we're not going to get to know all about him. Because the more you uncover, the more you open up about it, your understanding of God, of Jesus being on that cross, the bigger it gets. The more amazing it gets. <laughs> the um, the idea or the practice of crucifixion um, is still something that, that today is used in some places around the world in some form or another. But in, in antiquity, that means back even before Jesus was born, uh, crucifixion was considered to be one of the most brutal and shameful modes of death. It was designed and I believe probably created for the purpose of of as painfully as possible invoke death on a certain uh, on certain individuals. I mean, it's not just something that people die on. It's not like the humaneness, if I can use this term, of a lethal injection. The pain and the painfulness that had to do with the cross were part of the design it was pain not, it was designed not only to take someone's life but to take someone's life agonizingly in fact the english word excruciating pain comes from as a word that means from the cross so if you're in excruciating pain it's the kind of pain that would be inflicted upon you if you were crucified you get that point. So the whole idea behind crucifixion was that it was a uh, it was to invoke pain uh, and eventually death. It probably historians believe it probably uh, began with either the either the Assyrians or the Persians around four to five hundred B.C. And by the way, David, king of Israel, who lived. ...who lived before 1000 B.C., 500 years before this, wrote a prophecy of Jesus hanging on the cross. 500 years before crucifixion had even been invented. But the Persians developed it, and they, they practiced it on slaves and on enemies of the state. When, when Alexander the Great and led the Greek Empire to take the Persian Empire... And to uh, expand its kingdom, he in, he adopted their practice of crucifixion, but he very, very rarely used it. He thought it was too horrendous uh, to to practice, but he he kept it alive, if you will. And then when the Romans, when the Romans, uh, through the Phoenicians and the other groups that were around the Mediterranean, as they held on to this practice, the Romans took it and they perfected it. They took it to an entirely new level. And it was practiced in the Roman empire for a period of some 500 years, five centuries, until it was outlawed by Constantine as a a manner of of execution. It was something that uh, that was done primarily applied to slaves, Disgraced soldiers, Christians, and foreigners—very, <clears throat> very, very rarely—to a Roman citizen. <clears throat> Death by crucifixion usually took from six hours to as many as four or five days, and one would be impaled on a on a uh, on a cross, or a pole, or a beam, or even a tree, and. The, the charge of the, Roman, uh, of the Roman government was to the soldiers to execute through, uh, through the crucifixion. That's why um, uh, that, that the Jewish leaders came to, uh, to Pilate and said, we don't have a law to put, put a man to death to hang them on a tree, so you have to do it. And the law required the Roman soldiers to stay at, that, at the foot of that cross, until the individual being hung there died. So for that reason, they wanted to get off early. They would do things like break the larger bones in the body so that a person could not last much longer. But some did. And, and by the way, once they, they were crucified, uh, after they were dead, they typically would leave them hanging there as an example for everybody else to see, but not Jesus. Because in the book of Numbers it says, cursed is a man that hangs from a tree. So you can't, by law, can't, by the Jewish law, can't leave a man hanging on a tree overnight. So that's why even the the leaders of the temple said we need to take him down off the cross. Now, by the way, in this series, when we we deal with uh, uh, the question of what, what happened? I'll go into a little bit more detail about the idea of how a person suffers through the agony of the cross, because that's what Paul says. I want to know. I want to be able to understand and identify with his sufferings. And so, what I what I want you to see is that that uh, Jesus was hanged on a cross. That was a. That was a. An instrument of execution for those who were wrongdoers but here's where this grabbed me Jesus wasn't a wrongdoer he hadn't done anything not only to remotely put him on a Roman cross much less to die before God you see the Bible is clear to tell us that you and I deserve a cross Our sin has separated us from God, and we are deserving of a cross, and that's true. I understand how you've cleaned up for Sunday morning, and I understand how nice and good of people that you are, but you're a sinner. All of us are, and as such, we deserve the cross that Jesus bore. But here's what I want you to, to think on as you think on the cross and Jesus hanging on the cross. He didn't deserve it. Not even kinda, sorta. He is there when it's not his cross. Why? Why is he why is he going through all of this? I mean. He's Jesus. He, had, he did raise people from the dead. He did feed 5,000 with, with the loaves and fishes. The Bible tells us he could have called the host of the, of the heavenly angels to come down and set him free. But he didn't. Why? Well, We're going to answer that question in this series as well. Um, but I want us today to look at who he is. Now, I've chosen three texts. That was hard for me to do. Probably the hardest part of this message was to find out what do I... what. Can we look at that will tell us who this Jesus is who's hanging on the cross for us? Here's why that was hard. Because every book of the Bible is a picture of Jesus. And it in some way is showing us something about him that makes our mouths drop open when we think about him taking our place on the cross. So I've I've chosen these three. And I want you, you're there in Philippians, it's not too far uh, too far to your right uh, to go to Colossians so if you will go to Colossians chapter 1 maybe a page or two <clears throat> but go to Colossians chapter 1 and I want you to this is where we'll 1st we'll, we'll be and I want you to see what he uh, what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Colossae about Jesus he writes in verse 15 he is the image of the invisible God The firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created. Through him and for him. That tells me he's a pretty important character. Jesus is important He made everything. Look what it says. And not only did he make it. They were created for him. Are you getting the idea that Jesus is God yet? We'll talk about that in a moment. Verse uh, verse 17. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Not only did he make everything. Or was everything created for for him. He's the glue that sticks it all together. Do you know that we live in a world with all sorts of natural laws laws such as uh, gravity when I have this mask and I drop it it always goes that way I mean unless there's something of course gravity ha- takes us down at the same, uh, same rate of speed no matter what I'm dropping now it gets on because we live in a world with an atmosphere that if I were to drop that mask and at the same time drop a hammer, the hammer's gonna hit first because it's heavier. It is not as affected by the atmosphere as the mask is. But both of them fall. If you go to the edge of a cliff and jump, you're gonna go down. You're not gonna keep going. Now you might on Mars. You wouldn't because there's gravity there too. But in outer space, you might just keep on going, but not here. There are laws that govern everything. And how is it that these laws are always working? You see it there? He is holding it all together. Verse 18. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He was, he who was hanging on the cross, was the very one, being killed by the Roman government by the soldiers by the Jews by you and I by extension and he was God he was the one who made it all more about that in a moment now I want you to turn over to Hebrews chapter 12 this is the second thing I want you to see about Jesus who this is that's on the cross in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says that we are to you know, we're to take this weight, the sin that ties us down, and look to Jesus. Then he gives a description of who he is. The author, or the founder, and the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, that's always been an intriguing phrase. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is seated now at the right hand of God the Father. For the joy that was set before him, I can guarantee you, does not mean for the joy of getting to be crucified. Remember, the night before he was crucified, he asked, Jesus, he asked God, take this cup from me. If it's at all possible... Take this cup from me. Because he didn't want to go through that. Who would? But he went through it. And that's why there was the joy that was before him. That between the joy and where he was was the cross. And because of where it's going to end up, he knew how it was going to turn out. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. And now he's at the power hand, the right hand of God. Another thing that I want you to see about him. John chapter 1 verse 29. Very familiar passage of scriptures. John the Baptist speaking. Jesus has come out and is baptized uh, in the Jordan. Remember he comes to John and says I need you to baptize me. And he says no you need to baptize me. He says no you have to do this. This is why you are here. So Jesus was was baptized someone who john says i'm not worthy to tie his shoes but one day verse 29 of john chapter 1 it says one day he saw jesus coming toward him and he said to all his followers that were around there behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin This is still three to four years away from the crucifixion of Jesus. But John understands who Jesus is. That he's God's chosen lamb for the purpose of taking away the sins of the world. Now, I've chosen three texts that show that Jesus is God and uh, that, that tell us that he is the object of our faith and he's the lamb of God. So I want us to go back and... To develop it, remember I said this is not a sermon about getting to know all about you. That's just three areas, three aspects of what Jesus, who Jesus is, who this is, that's on the cross. But if we can grasp them, we'll have a newer understanding of the cross than ever before. So I want to, uh, I want to take some time and look at who this is. That's hanging on the cross, and the first thing that I want you to see is we, as we ask who was on the cross, we know that he was Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. Now I, last night as I was kind of reviewing, I thought I'm going to add a word in there. Jesus, the very Son of God, to identify how. That he's not just one of God's children like you and I think of ourselves. He's not just a good Joe, a good Joe, a good good guy. He is literally the son of God. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, it is God hanging on the cross. Um, Again, over in Colossians 1, verse 15, he's the image of the invisible God. God who you don't see, you see in him firstborn of all creation, verse 19, in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him to reconcile to himself everything on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus is the very son of God. Now let me tell you why this is an important point. Even today, there are those who say the cross proves Jesus wasn't God. Because you can't kill God. There are religions in the world who say this is where Christianity falls apart. They kill their God. They kill their creator. And, And there are some who say if he really were God, none of this could have happened. And so there's a question then about who Jesus is. Is he just a good guy? A good man? Or is he God himself? And if he's God himself, then that blows all of my thoughts about how powerful God is. I think that in preaching to to you today, I I think you're already a step ahead of me. And you, you say, but we've discovered... That Jesus is God, and it was all part of God's plan, right? Things didn't just happen. Things didn't get out of control that that week of Passover week when Jesus was crucified. Rather, it was the way that God was working, and it became, or it still is, uh, confusing to the world. Because how could the Son of God, the very Son of God, be killed? In fact, the Apostle Paul, whom we've spoken of, he uh, he, in preaching his message that Jesus is the Son of God ended up with the same fate or similar fate to that which Jesus said when when he identified himself as God. In other words, Paul was set about preaching Jesus Christ. But not just Jesus Christ, the teacher. I hear this all the time. And it, I, I'll, this is my confession to you. makes my skin crawl. When Jesus is presented as a good teacher. As a good moral example. No, he's God. He's the son of God. The very son of God. And the apostle Paul... Knew that, and that's what he preached. In the book of First Corinthians, chapter two, Paul wrote this to to the church there. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and with wisdom. I didn't come here with a purpose, and I I, I hope to have a purpose of of presenting something that's clear and understandable. My purpose is not to blow you away with how smart I am or how funny I am or any of those things. He says, I did not come to you so that I could wow you by the speech that I had. But instead, he says, I came, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now there's a mouthful up there, and I'm just going to point out, but I don't have time to, to fully develop it. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was the chosen, anointed Messiah, the one that God uh, had shared would be coming, even all the way back in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve fell, God promised he would send a deliverer. And Jesus is that one. He says, I came to tell you that the very son of God was crucified. That it was him, it was he that hung on the cross. If you go back in uh, in chapter one of that same book, verse 18 says, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Now, the Jews demand signs. Greeks want to know wisdom or secret messages. But we preach Jesus Christ crucified, the stumbling block to Jews. That's foolish to think that God would die. It's folly to the Gentiles. This doesn't make sense. Our gods don't die. Unless they do. You know, one of the other gods kill them. But men don't kill them. It's folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, to those who are followers of Jesus Christ, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. See, Paul wants us to know that Jesus is the very Son of God hanging on the cross. That's not going to fit into very many of our, of our philosophies for life. God's supposed to be good. And he's not supposed to have these kinds of things happen to people that he loved. But this was his own son that he allowed to be crucified. And as amazing to me as that is, it just dawns on me how much Jesus loved me to go through that. I want you to see the one that's hanging on the cross today in that light that this is God taking your place. Second thing I want you to see that we've we've read about is Jesus. I call it Jesus, the focus of our faith. Jesus, the focus of our faith. Remember what it said in Hebrews chapter 12? To look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set for him endured the cross and suffered the shame despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of God what he's saying there and I don't have time here to fully develop this but I want to to make sure that you understand it and that is that uh, the idea is as you go through life keep your focus on Jesus watch him Our Christian bookstores are filled with all sorts of biblical prophecy for the end times, last days. And I don't, uh, some of those are very, very good, very, very biblical. But I want to just suggest to you today, if you want to know what's going on in our world today, keep your eye on Jesus. That'll clear a lot of stuff up. Keep your focus where it needs to be keep your focus on him in the book of uh of numbers there's a story that is told or that is recorded for us about a time when the children of israel came and they complained about moses and god making us eat this manna and all this stuff we came out here in the wilderness and we we got to eat garlic and onions all the time and when we were in egypt but now we're out here and we have to eat what is it manna you know and and they complained about that, and and uh, so they uh, they decided that that they wanted to have a different change in leadership. So it tells us that God is going to send serpents into their camp, and these serpents are going to bite them. I want you you, you can read up here on the screen, Numbers chapter twenty one, beginning verse six. After they had complained, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. They bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. So therefore, pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Moses was a different kind of leader than I am. Because I would probably come back with something you made your bed now sleep in it. But he didn't. He went and he prayed for them. And here's, what, here's the way God answered that prayer. The Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent out of bronze and set it on a pole. And everyone who's bitten, when he sees it, do you see that? When he sees it, when he focuses on that serpent on the pole, he says, when he sees it, he'll live. So Moses made a bronze serpent, set it on a pole, and if a serpent, serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and he would live. Now why do I tell you that? In John chapter 3, verse 14, can I quote Jesus? Jesus uh, uh, said, and I quote, as Moses lifted up the serpent, the bronze serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him, they might have eternal life. You see, how did the the serpent on the pole save the people? They focused on it. How is it that we are are to handle the life that that we live? Keep your focus on Jesus. truth about who Jesus was who this is on the cross Jesus is the sacrifice of God Jesus is the sacrifice of God remember when uh, when John the Baptist came and he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world This was early on in Jesus' ministry. He, was, uh, he wasn't well-known. He didn't have a large following. But he's, John the Baptist, who did, who was well-known and who had a large following, he turned everyone's attention over to Jesus and says, Here, this is the one that's going to take away your sin. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do I need to, church, tell you about lambs and how the sacrifice of the lamb is part of the Jewish law system. For Winston, for instance, over in the book of, of Numbers, it tells uh, in Exodus, it tells us about how God delivered Israel from out of Egypt and how he uh, uh, he told them. This night, here's what you're to do. You are, for one thing, to take uh, to take a lamb and kill it. The Passover lamb, the Passover lamb, the Passover in the cross has a, uh, in the story of the cross has an important plays an important role, and here, 1,500 years before that, God says to the children of Israel, take a lamb. And then the Jewish law goes through all of these all of these rules and regulations with regards to the lamb. And by the way, the lamb was described as perfect, spotless, no blemish, a young lamb, um, all of these, all of these things. But he says for the Passover, take a lamb. Take a lamb for the Passover. I was going to develop that thought, that we're out of time. And I, I want to sh- I want to share with you what Paul did, what Paul wrote about the Lamb in 1 Corinthians chapter five. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. I'm talking about the Passover, get rid of the of the yeast that the yeast that just kind of takes over the supply of bread, the dough. As you are already unleavened because Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. Question. Who sacrificed him? God did. God took his son, his only, the very son that he had, and he made him a sacrifice. For who? For sinners, for me, for you, for the sin of the world. He was a sacrifice. God chosen. Listen, God could have chosen anything in the planet to be a sacrifice, couldn't he? I mean, if he's God and he really is sovereign, he could make the rules any way he wanted to. He could have said, A rock will be your sacrifice. But instead, he said, Behold the Lamb. Who takes away the sin of the world. And God sacrificed him. I can't tell you that if you were there how you'd feel because I wasn't there. But as I in my heart, in my spirit, I relive that. If I would have been, if I would have seen what what took place when Jesus was nailed to the cross and literally expired, died on the cross. I would think it's over. I would think that, that Satan had won. And I believe that probably Satan thought he had won. He had finally bettered God. But to quote the great uh, S. M. Lockridge, it's Friday. The Sunday's coming. You see, Jesus hung on the cross, the son of God, sacrificed by God because he was the only one who could. Something had to be able to identify with our sin to be a substitute for us. So Jesus, the son of God, took upon himself human flesh. Do you know why Jesus was born at Christmas time? You know why? Why? So that he would have a body to to identify with yours and mine. So that when God sacrificed him, it would be just as if you or I were there. He's the sacrifice of God. And he did this because there was no other sacrifice. No other way. What an amazing God we have. But also may I say what an amazing savior we have because when it came down to it Jesus chose the nails the scourging and the cross to demonstrate his and his father's love for you I want I, my my goal in sharing with you today is to make sure you understand What an amazing God we have by looking at the cross and seeing who's hanging on that cross. I want you to bow your head and pray with me, please. Father, today as we have reflected upon and looked upon the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, that you made for us because of your great love for us, in a plan that could have never hatched in our minds or in our hearts, but only in yours. So today, Father, as we have looked at the, at the cross of Jesus and the one who's on that cross, may we see what a great love you have for us and what a great Savior you sacrificed for us. Father, may he be real to us. May, may he be valuable to us so much more than just a get-out-of-jail-free card. That it's a demonstration of your love in action. So speak to our hearts now, Father, as we, as we focus on that cross of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.